Today's episode of the Nobleman Podcast is brought to you by Let's Build a Manger. This is a great year to launch new traditions for your family. The Let's Build a Manger kit includes the wood, nails, sandpaper, and instructions to build a small tabletop manger. But wait, there's more. The instruction booklet also includes six family devotions to help you keep Christ in front of Christmas and COVID for your family. Order yours today at letsbuildamanger.org. Now listen all the way to the end of the episode for a special coupon code for our podcast listeners. And folks, don't forget that you can help men walk with Christ and lead well by partnering with Noble Warriors. Visit the partnership page at noblewarriors.org to lock arms with us. Guys, welcome to the Nobleman Podcast, episode 37. I am uh, pretty excited here because I'm in the Noble Warriors office sitting at our conference table that we've turned into a makeshift studio. I am meeting with a small group of guys that meets here in our office every Thursday morning. So we're just, uh, honestly, I hijacked their small group conversation so that we could talk about what it means for the noble man to make noble plans. So I'm going to let these guys introduce themselves, and then we'll launch into a conversation about what we've learned about ourselves in 2020, how we're going to finish strong, and then how we're going to launch well into 2021. So let's go around the table. Hey, my name's Nick Popovich. I am a father to three, husband to one. I work in IT and been uh, with this group for, for a number of years and really look forward to, uh, to letting you know what we do. That voodoo that we do. <laughs> My name is Jonathan Braun, and I am a worship and children's pastor at Parkway Baptist Church. I'm married, and I also have three kids. And uh, yeah, I've been a part of this group now for five years, and it's exciting to see how it's morphed and changed over the years, and uh, I'm excited to be here today. Hello, my name is Kylan Washington. I am the youngin' of the group. I'm 24 and I am an area manager at Amazon. Um, been a part of this group for the past couple months now and it's been a joy ever since. So, yeah, I'm the newbie. Now, are you married, Kylan? I am not married. I am single, but I'm not ready to mingle because I'm married to the Lord at the moment. Oh, so, okay, okay. I'm just making that very I clear. I would ask. <clears throat> <laughs> Oh my goodness. My name is Jeff Newsom. Um and uh, I work currently in a PT office as a physical therapy tech and uh, also run my own lawn care business and been doing that for a while and been uh been a part of this group I believe uh for a number of years been about f- 5 years as a group but I think Nick and I have been actually meeting for about uh 6 years. Wow. So, you know, I, I want to just pause here for a moment because I know of the genesis of this group, and I, you and Nick were getting together, but then our church, because some of these guys go, go to Parkway or went to Parkway, our church did a kickoff event, uh, and we did it, followed that up with a right next step, which is doing 33, and then the whole goal with that is to create momentum, to capture momentum, and then to sustain momentum with small groups. And so you guys have been meeting together for five years as a result of a very strategic initiative to launch small groups. So just had to put in a plug for how that works with uh, coaching churches to disciple men. So uh, let me ask you the first question for us, guys. What do you think when you think of noble manhood? Give me a quick response. What is noble manhood? Um, 
because we we focus on this the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands so you think of noble manhood give me a couple of thoughts about what that's what that means to you uh someone who's honest definitely okay intentionality It's easy to think about the men's fraternity definition. It's one of the first things that comes to mind is, you know, authentic and biblical manhood and what that means when a person rejects passivity, a person who accepts responsibility, a person who leads courageously and invests eternally. And so we've been doing that for a number of years as, as a definition of biblical manhood. And I think it's, I think it's true. I think it's easy to not only think about that as authentic manhood, but that applies also to noble manhood as a man who would do all of those things. Yeah, good. That rejecting of passivity really resonates, I think, with me individually. And that's where I came with intentionality. The idea of, I think, human nature is to start to coast. Yeah. You, and then that, you read about servant leadership and you read about different things and what God's design is for a man in the Bible. And it turns into head knowledge. And then when I started meeting with Jeff and with the concept of rejecting passivity, I was like, wow, I am a lazy man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts about noble manhood? No, I think, you know, I think you guys have hit on it, particularly the, you know, the knowledge of that definition of manhood that we keep coming back to um, set forth, you know, by Robert Lewis and men's fraternity. And then now, you know, it's 33, but, you know, the guys, you know, you see guys who have been through that study and nothing has really changed. And the guys that have actually, you know, kind of looked to that definition and really live it out um, really shows. So it's kind of that intentionality, but also the guys that are, are in God's word daily yeah. and, and living it out. Yeah, so it's one thing to be exposed to it. It's quite another thing to be immersed in it, kind of pickled in that juice so that you have have the flavor of living out biblical manhood. Um, hey, so 2020 has been a crazy year. Uh, many of you guys are involved with Noble Warriors, and so you know that on March 13th, we were loaded up and ready to go do a conference and hour by hour, the governor was changing what our response would be to COVID. And since then, man, a lot of things have changed. So tell me about how COVID and maybe even some of the racial unrest, some of the political stuff. How has 2020 been challenging for you and your family, your work? What are, what are some thoughts there? One of the biggest things that's come to my mind <clears throat> It's kind of taking a macro view of it instead of a micro view on individual issues. And it's just the the disunity mm. of not only the Christian church, but of the nation and how people have different points of views and are so galvanized in those views. And there's such vitriol against, quote unquote, the other side. <clears throat> and so then I look to the church with a hope and expectation that the unity of not just other believers, but unity towards humanity as well would be demonstrated. And, and I tend to see, even within the church and our community, this this galvanization and the concept of being against the other side yeah, and just the constant hate. And then every issue then that is kind of a su- it becomes a sub-issue to the root cause of disunity. You're left, you're right, you're red, you're blue, you're black, you're white, whatever it is. You're you wearing have, a mask or not wearing a you're mask. You're wearing a mask, you're not wearing a mask. Whatever it is, 
one side has to be on this side. The other side has to be on that side. Yeah. There's no, and, and then there's just such hate. And that has been one of the most frustrating. And I think 2020 has made it poignantly, you know, I guess it's thrown it into sharp relief. Yeah. How people cannot uh, seem to have discourse and discussions anymore. You just have to have an idea and just breathe hate. Yeah. I think it's really easy when you look at a year like 2020 to recognize that there's been so many things that have happened that have focused on the things. There's been issues with COVID and like you mentioned, racial tension. There was an election year this year. And I think all of those things have been easily distractible things for the Christian. Um, and not that you don't pay attention to those things. We have to pay attention to those things and we need to know how to respond. We need to have discernment when we do that. But I think because culture has so pressed these issues into our minds that we've allowed them to become defining things for us to make decisions rather than to keep our focus on the Lord. And so when these issues come up, we're focused on should we wear a mask or should we not wear a mask? Should we vote this way or should we vote that way? Should we, uh, how should we respond to the political unrest in our country? And rather than starting from the framework of as a believer, if I'm going to let my theology be the driving force of my decision making, um, we started thinking about issues first. And I think that swayed us to the left and to the right rather than, you know, like I think about Peter who looked around and saw the the waves to the left and the waves to the right. And he started sinking because he left his focus yep. uh, and he wasn't maintaining it on the Lord. And I think 2020 has been a year where there's been so much distraction for the Christian that it's left a lot of Christians, myself included, and I've had to really take personal look at that. Um, it's taken my look away from the Lord and onto things. Mm. And I think that's a dangerous place to be, but also a good point of recognition for us in coming back to making sure that our focus maintains on the Lord. Yeah. Um, and that if we can make that our, our starting point, that if our theology drives our decision-making, um, we'll make better decisions off the cuff as Christians who can um, be truthful and loving in a lost world that desperately needs the hope of Jesus. Yeah. All right. Anyone else on this about how 2020 has been challenging and and created havoc in your life all it's right so hard not to do the crickets man yeah. well <laughs> i'm not I don't, i'm sorry i don't want to like get ahead of anything well don't okay <laughs> i'm just then. i'm just messing with you go ahead Kyla. um i guess uh to be the black sheep in the room um <laughs> all right wait a minute full disclosure <laughs> Go, go ahead, Kylan. Go ahead. I am African American. <laughs> <laughs> that was no, almost um, like I am your father. <laughs> but no, um, I guess I just have a different perspective on 2020. Um, personally, in in my life going into yeah. 2020, I was like already on a down downward spiral. Um, whether it was coming to personal relationships or like my walk with the Lord. Um, so honestly, 2020 for me has been a blessing because God, God saw that and snatched me up real quick. Um, I was blessed to get the job with Amazon February 10th. And I don't know why, but he just kind of like worked in me to help me see that, hey, a lot of the things that I was wishing and dreaming for, I can now put dates behind. So yeah. like I actually, when I first got the job, literally wrote out all the things I wanted to do to be a successful man, but also a successful businessman and biblical man and move forward. So 
As far as me, I'm not going to sit here and say that 2020 has been easy, um, but I've been blessed because being so involved with the job um, and recognizing how much of a blessing it's been for me, I I have cut all social media out. I only have time for people that I really do care about, and then I made a commitment to be active in any church-related item or event that I could. So um, as far as like the racial divide, yeah, it does suck. I'm not going to sit here and lie about that, but to be transparent like we've been in this group is nothing new yeah like and i think that's the the unfortunate thing but i will say that's what i pray for myself because some people like me were numb Mm. it's it's like there's nothing in the news that i haven't seen in person or on the news or could assume to happen um like i said i know we were joking about it but yes i am a black man but i am also a larger black man so there's nothing nothing new um so i'm not saying that's a good thing but with that being said it's there's a lot of people with different views and honestly like i i have a lot of friends that are actually my size we have a lot of the same views with it so we are it's more focused on how do we be better as a as just people rather than constantly looking at race because we've already accepted the fact that some of us have already accepted the fact that if we're focusing on race all the time then never going to solve the problem Exactly, and and so that gives me a good segue to kind of kind of jump off with with something here because I've been reading in the book of Genesis, and and right now Joseph um, he has been sold into slavery by his brothers. Um, he made it to Egypt. He was in the house of Potiphar, and he was given full authority there. He was tempted by Potiphar's wife, rejected that, ended up in prison. He interpreted dreams <clears throat> and was forgotten by his fellow prisoners because he, you know, after he interpreted those dreams, then he was asked to interpret a dream by Pharaoh um, and has been put in charge of all of Egypt. And his brothers have just come. He's gone through that whole business. I mean, you guys know the story. And he has just, where I'm reading, has just had his brothers come and he's revealed his identity to his brothers. And I'm, I'm going to flash forward, but at the end of Genesis, we hear Joseph say this, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring, a, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So Joseph, having been through all of that trauma, and this was over a period of years, probably about 13 years in his life, he's been through all this trauma, but he can stand at the end of his life and say, God meant it for good. So as you look back over 2020, Kylan's already kicked us off here. What has, you know, we live in a fallen world, so there are going to be broken things. There's going to be disease. There's going to be unrest. There's going to be hatred. There's going to be racism. There's going to be sin of all types. How does God use that for good? So how has he taken something that started off ugly this year and turned it into something positive, something good, Um and Colin's already kicked that off. So what's something else that's been good about this year? Uh, well, for me, I mean, kind of to kind of state a little bit of the obvious is the fact that um, this group has been has been good for me. I know right when when things went crazy, you know, back in March, and we're trying to figure out what we were going to do as a group, and and I know we took a few weeks off, um, and then you know and that was kind of a hard thing for me struggle for me um but then you know even in the midst of all that chaos we were still 
you know, texting each other, praying for each other. We were still, you know, looking out for each other. And, um, and then, you know, coming back together, even in all the craziness, it was nice to kind of have that refocus on, you know, having each other's back and looking, looking to Christ and, you know, what does that look like in this time? And then, you know, also for me, um, it was very fortunate about, you know, a couple of years ago to kind of start off in my own business. And so when being in the medical field while our office was open, my position was was not really needed for about two months. So I ended up getting furloughed. But fortunately, I had the other job to, you know, that God had provided me to lean on so that I was still able to, you know, to, to make, have an income. So, I mean, that, that was a blessing to me, uh, as well as a huge blessing, but I, I, you know, picked up a few other yards, but I would say the biggest thing, you know, kind of blessing for me was, was this group, but then also, you know, it was, you were always, you know, from time to time we've had different guys, you know, come in, but, you know, really at the beginning, probably about, what would you say, Colin, February, March or something, I said, you know, I'm on the safety team and just the Lord kind of impressed me. I'd seen Colin before and, you know, talked to, to the youth pastor about, you know, about him way back when. And, of course, didn't see him in church for a while. And, of course, I didn't – I really didn't realize at the time that he was in co- or going to college. Yeah. So I was like, well, that makes sense now that I know that he was in college. But well. – <laughs> and that's a whole other tangent we could get on. But the uh, – but the, uh, but you know, seeing him again. Bonus and, points for use of the word tangent. Thank you. Um, but the, uh, but seeing him again and seeing him consistently and just you know the Lord saying, hey, you know, why don't you, you know, invite him to the group? So I did, and you know, for you know, he can feel free to tell you, but it was interesting just the dynamic of how God worked and all of that, and so that, those type of things have been been a blessing. Um, some of the blessings that I've seen this year. I think an unintended, uh, not unintended blessing, that sounds weird, but an unexpected blessing in my life was, now I've worked from home since about 2011, so the concept, and my kids are homeschooled, so we were somewhat in a decent situation compared to other folks whose lives were upended by yeah. by this uh, <clears throat> some of the quarantine aspects of 2020, but with this time at home and the inability to go out, and then that concept of intentionality, it became, uh, you know, forced my hand, so to speak, and really help uh, with, as we co-parented, as my wife and I came together and having to be more diligent, we got to spend different and a lot of time together where normally we'd be going out to activities and events, soccer right. and this and that. <clears throat> you didn't have those anymore, but we got to spend a lot of time together. And that, I mean, it was trying at times, you know, you wanted some space, but um, that intentionality and and working with my wife individually for our family to come up with ways that we could not just exist in the same room together, but be together and make memories while at home or while in our backyard was actually, looking back at it especially, was a pretty unique and interesting blessing. And then the frustration of the Zoom meetings and not being able to worship at times and then worship being strange, being scared. There's fear. There's a fear of of the unknown, of, of disease and different things, but... Well, I remember overhearing you ordered N95 masks pretty early. I mean, you oh, yeah. you got your gear together because... I'm a little bit of a... I'm a prepper light. Prepper light. <laughs> prepper light. 
But then going in and being able to see another thing that's kind of blossomed out of this year and it's become a blessing is the intentionality of other Christians and men. Um, no, nobody really enjoys you know, Sunday morning on a Zoom meeting. We want to yeah. be together. Nobody yeah. enjoys Bible study in a Zoom meeting. But then that intentionality to reach out and text. This year, has I've gotten a part, I've gotten more texts from brothers um, who are who are basically in need and or or are encouraging and those types of things. So kind of seeing things bubble to the top that over the years when you're stuck in life and you've got all these places to be and things to do and you can get into this complacent rut of living the human life, folks, it seems like more than ever are reaching out and texting and how are things? Can I pray for you? Can we meet together? Those types of things. Uh, so it's kind of been an unexpected uh, blessing and that's something I've noticed in my life. All right, I want to I want to catch something there because you said you got more texts and it sounds like some of them were encouraging texts, praying for you, and some of them were texts where guys said, will you pray for me or I have a need? And um, you have to have a level of knowledge of other folks, a level of transparency to be willing to do both of those. And so that um, that all comes under the, the heading of intentionality and, quite honestly, avoiding isolation. And, and that would be one of the challenges that I would say is universal in this year is that that folks have been isolated so i'm i'm so encouraged to hear that jonathan what are your thoughts about um there's there's a lot of things that have been blessings about 2020 um it definitely has been a unique year ministerially we um noticed pretty early on that the 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 lockdown or the quarantine back in march um, really seemed to uh, kind of take a toll on the family in different ways. Um, it was definitely a positive thing and a negative thing, like all at once. People were spending more time together. People were uh, trying to find opportunities on how to disciple their family more intentionally, as Nick was talking about. Um, but what we also realized is that, you know, familiarity seemed to breed contempt. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, <laughs> I guess as a pastor, we, you know, we got a lot of phone calls more from people who were in need because there was a lot of issues with marriages that had come to light and a lot of issues with um, kids who were dealing with sin issues. Um, And none of this was stuff that existed because of 2020. But I think what 2020 happened, when it happened, it kind of allowed these things to come to light. And um, as people were living in the same house without going out for work and without going out for school, the, these sin issues that were already there and kind of maybe under the surface and easier to cover were being exposed. And I think a blessing of 2020 is that exposure of sin is a good thing. It's, mm. it's, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good because you don't <laughs> like to be like, here's my problems, you know. But at the same time, like the Lord allowed those things to come to light so that people could deal with it rather yeah. than just continue to cover it up and pretend like everything was okay. You didn't have that option. You didn't get to leave your house to go to work and escape the problems of your marriage. You didn't get to send your kids to school and just hope that things were okay with their friend groups or the the things that they were grappling with. And we had a lot of conversations with people. A lot of marital issues came to light. Um, and a lot of, um, identity issues, especially, you know, and I feel like it allowed us to have conversations with people that needed to happen because they were willing to be vulnerable. Um, when in years past that, that might not have necessarily been the case because it was easier to hide. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel like in a lot of ways you would anticipate that a year like 2020 being so isolating would make it easier to hide. But I feel like rather what 
the Lord did was he used it as an opportunity for exposure. Um, and the biggest thing that, that the phrase that kept coming to mind uh, when I would talk with people um, myself was that exposure is God's grace. Yeah. It's God's grace because he already knew about this and now we have the opportunity to deal with it in a way that can, you know, help us be free from the bondage of sin, which is the abundant life God wants and calls us to, right. to live. Wow. Now, let me, awesome, but I want to ask you specifically as a pastor. Yeah. Um, it's one of the things that I become more acutely aware of as I work with different churches. This has been really hard on pastors. Yeah. <laughs> because the the very fact that you talk about we got more calls uh, and all that, I mean, I'm thankful for the fact that you are choosing to see that as a blessing but I know that those calls accumulate the weight on your shoulders and the stress that you feel of wanting to help and not being sure how to do that. Uh, I know you're not the lead pastor, you're worship pastor, but right. you shepherd the the praise team and the and the worship team and the choir at our church, and so you can't even go and see someone in the you know at the height of this. I I'm not even sure how to engage, and the way that I was caring for the flock, I can no longer care for them, and so. How have you learned to make adjustments with that to to make sure that you're not being overwhelmed by that, but also to to find new ways to shepherd? Right. No, that's that's fair. It was definitely like when everything kind of came to the to the to the surface in March for the United States to deal with you know COVID nineteen. We are. I feel like my job description shifted from like one day to the next because everything that we normally did um i i now like no no don't really do anymore <laughs> um and so especially because um not really as much with like the music portion yeah um but particularly with children's ministry oh, yeah, children's, ministry, children's yeah. ministry has completely taken a different shift um and which is which is fine um and i i was very grateful to the lord because i feel like the lord um, gave uh, the team and I a lot of creativity to come up with new things to help engage families in a virtual way in the beginning, but then also to figure out how to kind of minister hybrid. Um, and hybrid ministry isn't really, it's not really going away. And I think, um, you know, being able to do in-person things that are also virtual at different levels is a, is a good thing. But because of that, there were also some things that we were no longer doing. Yeah. So like at that time, our Wednesday night discipleship where I would, you know, meet with the kids and I would do Bible last, uh, like a, a master teacher lesson for, for elementary aged kids. Um, on Wednesday nights, I wasn't, I wasn't prepping for that lesson in the same way anymore because it wasn't, it wasn't happening where they were coming to campus. Um, we, we, you know, were going to be prepping for camp in the summer and camp got canceled. Um, so there's a lot of other things that I was spending time on that, got nixed. Yeah. And then because of that, it allowed for all the increase of calls for us to have time for. And I feel like in a lot of ways, while it could have been in a normal season, stressful for all of those calls to come in in a regular season, um, it actually allowed us to be not just event planners, but ministers. And so mm -hmm. I feel like in a lot of ways, this has been a, a cool thing. It's tough too, because you know it's never fun to deal with 
uh, the difficulties that a family goes through, not because I don't want to deal with those things, but because you feel the burden. Yeah. Yeah, You feel the burden of the things that they're going through and you want them to, to succeed as not just people in life, but you want them to recognize, you know, what the Bible has to say and how it can, how it can enhance the family dynamic and, and how they don't have to be bond, you know, like slaves to sin anymore. And there's, there's, there's just so much carnage that you have to dig through to, to, to get over those those sin issues that that people deal with, but I feel like the Lord allowed us to have time because of a lot of the other things that ended up getting canceled. Yeah, and so that was that was something that I felt like was also a so blessing. there was some balance there that was created. I, right. I, I didn't even think about that, so that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, I do want to put in a plug. Jonathan and some of his uh, team members would do things for children's ministry, silly songs with Jonathan and <laughs> Sam, I think, and yep. and little videos like that. So we'll make sure we include links to those in the show notes so that you guys can have access to <laughs> those things. So That's been a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. So they've been creative. All right. Uh, what are you doing for Christmas? How We're, we're cruising to the end of 2020. How are you going to finish 2020 strong and make sure that we celebrate Christ well in your home what is are you going to do anything different um what what are you doing to finish out 2020 strong i'll throw a curveball on it um (laughs) (laughs) i'm the curveball in the group um no so like a lot of people well not a lot of people y'all know i'm estranged from my family so i guess for me um we're working uh six days a week at amazon so my biggest focus, especially with 2020, which has been helping me, has been focusing on that future family. Um, so moving forward for like just Christmas and just in general, like moving into 2021, I'm just setting myself up to make sure I can provide for whoever comes yeah. through and decides to, you know, hold on to me one day. <laughs> um, but no, it's been... <laughs> hold on to me one day. Hey, look, <laughs> look, look, put a ring on my finger. How about that? Or vice versa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, all jokes aside, um, been really focusing on that. So honestly, Christmas will be me spending my time sleeping because got to work the Are day. Are you coming to our house? I got to work the day before and after. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> so if I'm up, maybe, but only right. the Lord knows about that one. I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, a lot of my time, especially over the past couple of weeks, has just been focusing on how to be better. Um, I oversee a team of over 110 people and... I will never say this to them, but it's like dealing with children sometimes. Yeah. So like learning how to be more focused, learning how to be more patient with people as well, and then just learning how to lead. Like they are technically like yeah. my family right now. So um, it's it's a new problem every day. But even like now in the peak season, it's been a joy to see how everyone's coming together and how like the job has changed me. And I, I give all that praise to the Lord for that because I think – a lot of the communication, um, leadership, and honestly, like rejecting passivity is mm-hmm. like a lot what I've been dealing with at work. So, yeah, I guess that's how I will answer that question. Well, I got to tell you, right here before Christmas at Amazon has got to be no joke in oh, terms yeah. of the, the volume of stuff that's moving. And so, you get a chance to um, help people remember what all this chaos is about. It's it's not about the stuff, and mm-hmm. so. That's a that's a crazy opportunity for you to be a minister in that environment. So I was playing Kurt Franklin last night. He got him. Were you? <laughs> <laughs> I had some packers were like, turn this off. And it was funny because like some packers were like, turn this off. And other ones were just like, you need some Jesus. So I was, like, <laughs> so I was just like, well, there you go. I'm going to keep playing Kurt Franklin and just let it, let it play. <laughs> that's awesome. 
All right. Know, something that's come up uh, and it dovetails off of what was shown during 2020. And going back to that concept of intentionality, for me, it was a reminder that being a servant leader and being the Christian man I'm supposed to be in the head of the household in a lower, in the position God ordained meant that I can't leave it to the church to Jesus up my family and Jesus up my kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so with Wednesday night activities out, with child uh, different events and activities gone, there was now this gap that was, you know, my wife does a fantastic job of weaving uh, Jesus and the scripture into a lot of our schooling. But then I, here I am, the spiritual leader of the house. What have I done to show my kids, not just with my living, but and not just praying at, at your meals? Those are important things. But something that we're trying to do, and I'm, I'm really burdened to do more of, is really to, as the father, as the head of the household, bring Christ as the center, um, do Bible lessons and Bible studies, and basically just pepper Jesus juice as much as I can and it was really brought to light because when they when I wasn't driving them to Wednesday night service when I wasn't taking them to church when I wasn't able to ask them what did you learn from x y and z I was like I'm supposed to be supplying that <laughs> oh snap oh snap <laughs> so we're going to finish 2020 strong and for the rest of our lives hopefully um, with that in mind and Again, I just apparently I can't open my mouth without saying intentionality. Yeah. Because for me personally, I am just an, an insanely lazy person. If given my time, I want escapism and rest. After a long day of being a keyboard warrior sitting at the virtual cube typing away, I just vegetate on my phone or go to Netflix. So that is the plan. The battle plan that the Popoviches have is intentionality in the Jesus juice. You know, and I want to to speak to that. Your kids are younger. How old yeah. are your oldest? So I have an eleven year old, a nine year old, and a five year old. So our kids are older. We've got <clears throat> one out of the house, two college students who are back home, and then one high school student. Um, and this in this season, because COVID kind of put me in a bit of a hole. I, I became a little bit depressed. I think in this whole thing, mm. trying to figure out. When you're leading a ministry that serves churches, and churches are trying to figure things out. I mean, there's no place to get traction. And so I felt a little lost in this. And the the way things were swirling, our kids are older. I've lost traction in this season with leading my family well. Now, the good news is my kids have uh, a faith walk of their own. They're reading. They're they're engaging with others. But um, I, I just want to say to you and other guys out there listening, man, at any time, Satan will take you out and take the traction away and um, I've got to re-engage this personally. And, and so that's, that's another reason why we need to be around guys who are going to ask us, how are you doing with that? And are you moving forward? Are you taking that ground? Because it's really easy to, to give up or to let the circumstances dictate, hey, this is becoming too complex because schedules are everywhere and kids stay up all hours of the night. And it, it was just... <laughs> It's just a different world. So uh, I'm glad to hear you say that with that level of resolve. That's well, on that same token, one of the enabling factors of that that I've recognized is an accountability and to come back full circle. That's why this small group that I am a part of and been a part of for a number of years is so important because with the constant text messages or phone calls, it puts it to the top of your mind. When Jeff texts me, he says, what are you reading today? When Kylan texts out a prayer request or just randomly says he's praying for me, uh, those things then put Christ and my 
the burden of leadership that I fully take and, and love to the top of my mind. So, yeah. you know, men need men. We need to be Christian reminded. men need Christian men to hold them accountable and encourage and, and all the different things. That's yeah. something the last few years have really taught me. Anything else about finishing 2020 strong before we take a look at 2021? I would just, you know, kind of back, kind of backtracking a little bit, but the, you know, something else that, that kind of came out, um, particularly when, when Kylan joined our group was the fact that he hadn't, you know, he had never been through men's fraternity 33. (laughs) And so, you know, we would, you know, um, Nick and Jonathan and myself would start talking about 33 or we'd start talking about this definition of manhood and Kyler, you know, had have, you know, be like, what, what are y'all, what are y'all talking about? You know, kind of like, you know, lost. Lost. And and so, you know, me and Kylan actually started meeting (laughs) on Tuesday nights separately to kind of go through, um, 33 and and so it's been that has been a blessing as well we still got one uh one video one session last session to do to finish it up um and of course now with with his schedule my schedule we need to be intentional about getting back together when we can but the uh but just you know the blessing that has come out of that and you know the idea of finishing strong getting that that last one done um and then we're looking to to continue on into some other studies, similar studies in that and continuing that. And, uh, and so, you know, finishing strong in there. And then as far as, you know, the Christmas plans with the family, it really hasn't for us, hasn't, hasn't changed. changed much. Yeah. We're, we're still going to, you know, I mean, the th- you know, we're going to probably do Christmas at my mom's house on Christmas Eve, but that has nothing to do with anything else other than, I've got a niece that works at a hospital that's working Christmas yeah, Day. So, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing nothing really has changed as far as, as Christmas plans. But, you know, looking, you know, at end of 2020 and finishing strong, just kind of that resolve to, you know, to finish up with Kylan. I think we've got a, a study that we've been trying to get done for the last month, trying to get that done. Just kind of those finishing strong things that we can start you know, 2021 kind of a fresh with, yeah. you know, not anything feeling like there's anything lagging, you know, behind from 2020. So shut it all down. You know, I just, I just want to take a moment to affirm you, Jeff, um, because you kicked off this with a meeting with Nick. Um, and so you were meeting with him for a year before this group started and you continue to text folks and kind of shepherd this whole thing and catalyze stuff Meeting one on one with Kylan. I know you do a lot of other stuff, and sometimes we just need to step back and say, "Wow, that's it's pretty cool." The impact that one guy can have by being intentional and being willing to invest in the lives of other men. And so, I somebody out there is going to hear that and and wake up, <laughs> yeah, get off your rear end and make a phone call, engage somebody. One on one, I've had people say, "Hey, I don't want to lead a, I don't want to do a Bible study because there's only one guy that's interested." Well, you're a fool if you say that. Go and do that Bible study <laughs> with that one guy and see how God multiplies that and and keep after it. So um, I can attest to that too because Jeff, like, I didn't actually 
come to Jeff and say, I'm really looking to join a men's small group. You know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't just come out and say that. And you know? you're out there too. The guy who's thinking that is out there too. And I'm a pastor. And yeah. I wasn't really, I wasn't looking for it because, and it's not because I didn't feel like that I needed it, but it wasn't something else that I wanted to add to my plate at the time. Right. And then Jeff sent me an email directly and said, hey, we're having this group and I'd love for you to be a part of it. And I was like, Oh man, you know, <laughs> and, and literally, like, I debated whether or not I was going to come to the first one. You know what I mean? Because you're so, not a morning person. I don't oh, think you know. No no. <laughs> no, no, no. Nick is very gracious to get us coffee in the mornings. But, um, it helps in the mornings when I'm like debating whether or not I'm going to get up to come to group. You know, I always make the decision because because it's it's worth it. But the coffee does help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But 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 Jeff sent an email directly to me personally yeah. inviting me to come to be a part of this. And and I hadn't told him in advance that I wasn't a part of a group. He he reached out anyway. Yeah. Despite my lack of showing him interest and he made that personal connection. Um and then unbeknownst to me at the time, we had another pastor at the church, Pastor Chip. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking across from him and I was like, well, I'm going to this group tomorrow. And he was like, oh, Jeff emailed me too. And I was like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> well then okay, are you going to go? And he was like, well, I'll go if you go. And so we both came <laughs> yeah. because Jeff sent out that email, you know, and, I, and I, I like, I don't know how the Lord encouraged him to do that, but um, if it wasn't for his intentionality five years ago, I, I wouldn't have even come. So, well, I would just say that's a ballsy move to invite two <laughs> pastors to a men's group. I think, I think there's a, uh, that's a pretty cool move right there. So, and then for them to respond, that's awesome. Cause I remember Chip did come when he was, right. when he was here. Hey, well, let me press in because I know uh, time's going to run out here. Let's do a lightning, uh, just kind of quick. What are you going to do in 2021 to continue your walk with the Lord personally? And and so our theme for this month is the noble man makes noble plans. Isaiah 32, 8, the noble man makes noble plans and by noble deeds he stands. So you, you, you want to finish 2020 strong, but you want to take the lessons of 2020 and move into 2021 with some strength and some resolve. So how are you going to walk closely with the Lord in 2021? What does that look like for you to to walk personally closely with the Lord? What's your plan? Give me one quick thought. I've really been ruminating on Proverbs 16, 9, where it says a man plans his course, but the Lord directs his steps and trying to unpack what that means. So I think I've started to become, because I've been focusing on God's sovereignty and and meditating and praying to him daily a lot more this year with a, a lot more verve, um, I've started to become aware of just the Holy Spirit's leading and so I think really trying to be intentional with that concept of I can make my plans and make sure they're aligned with Scripture and make sure but the Lord's going to direct my steps and really yeah, seeking the Lord to direct my steps and not injecting what I think makes the most sense. Now, that doesn't mean just having analysis paralysis and waiting for a burning bush. Uh, that would be great to have a burning bush directing me. <laughs> but to really seek to just stay the line to how the Lord leads make those plans, but in those plan making, let the Lord direct my steps and, and pray prayerfully consider it and ruminate on that. Awesome. What else? Uh, mine it would be being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Um, <clears throat> it's been a lot of my 2020 for different reasons, but going to 2021, God has, excuse me, 2020 has shown me that I am capable of it with him. Um, so just a quick one there. It's just being comfortable, being uncomfortable because 
kind of what you were just saying. I wrote down the verse to meditate on it later. I am someone who likes to be in full control, and yeah. God has shown me that <laughs> he's laughed at me and said no. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been a joy to be on this ride, so I definitely want to hit that wholeheartedly going into 2021. And looking for the twists and turns that he's going to introduce into your life. Yeah, because even within the past 10 months, it's it's been a wild ride. Yeah. Positive, yeah. but a wild ride, to say yeah. the least. Good. What else? What are you going to do personally to launch 2021 strong? Anything? I think when it comes down to um, the family, one of the things that um, my wife and I want to continue to do is just pour scripture into the hearts of our kids. Mm. Um, our daughter, she's four, um, and she's um, she's in preschool right now, and she'll be starting kindergarten next year. And you know, probably like a lot of people are thinking, like, plan for twenty twenty one. I don't even I don't even know what like next week looks like. <laughs> exactly. Um, but um, one of the things that twenty twenty has taught us is that Jesus is the only constant. You know, we think yeah. about Hebrews thirteen eight that Jesus Christ is the same <clears throat> yesterday, today, and forever. And um, everything else that we could put our hope in shifts it, yeah. it waxes it wanes it's it's inconsistent and i think knowing that jesus is always a constant um and that the word is always a constant the thing that we want to drive into the hearts of our children is scripture we yeah. want them to know uh, and that's that's what you know deuteronomy 6 is all about yeah. anyway you know like let that be what's on our doorstep let that be what's what what our banner is waving you know let that be what's on the hearts of our kids and so we we want to just try to be wise about that. Um, even though Ava's only four, um, she's memorized the first four verses of Psalm 23, and she's got it down pat. Um, and it also just reminds me that even like a young kid, when given a challenge, is going to rise to the occasion. Um, and so helping not just like teach Bible stories, but really like having her memorize scripture and let it be embedded within her um, so that when the pressures of the world come on her and our other kids and our family, what pours out of us is scripture rather mm -hmm. than fleshly response. Um, and so, um, and I think it really comes back down to the greatest commandments, like love God mm -hmm. and love people. And yeah. I think um, how we do that is always going to be, um, it's always going to be obvious in the Bible to, to make those priority. Um, but with situations that change, there's always going to be opportunity um, to, to display that to people, you know? And so um, another verse that comes to mind, especially when it comes to church and ministry, um, is Ephesians 4, where it talks about, you know, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we have made every effort, and maybe I'm just talking for me personally, but I've seen where a lot of people have made every effort to make their defense known about the situations that they are passionate right. about. Their opinions. Their known. opinions, yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, you know, nobody here is an expert. I'm not the expert. You are, are not the expert. Jesus is the expert. Like, yeah. So let's let him be the expert. And our job is to maintain and keep and, and make every effort to maintain the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace, because we are a testimony to a lost world. And if we are divisive in the ways that we respond to each other, how are we going to be attractive to a person who does not know Jesus? Yeah. Um, and so we need to love God and we need to love people. Um, and as we display that love, a truthful love, not like a, you know, a whimsical thing, like God's love is strong. It's, 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 it's definitive, you know, and we should, we should not be ashamed of that, you know, yeah. but as we, as we love people, it draws people in to, to want to know Christ. So. Yeah, that's good. And so like Kylan, in your job, if you're loving people, then 
boy, there's an opportunity to share Christ in the midst of that. And you see it in your job too, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. All right, so what do you what are you going into 2021? What are you taking with you? What are your what are your plans? Um, you know, 2021 is going to probably look a little bit different to me as we get into into 2021 because um, you know, for a while now I've been been hustling basically two full-time jobs. So yeah. I'm, I'm contemplating on what that is going to look like whether I, you know, go to go to to the lawn care um or something else but um but i think you know that's just kind of the personal side of things about you know kind of where you know where where is the lord lead me and being okay with the fact that you know this may just be if i do decide to go um the the route of the lawn care business that it would be um may just be just a way to 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 position me to something else. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think that the, you know, the, uh, intentionality of everything would be, you know, for me, um, making, making those plans. But I think the, I think just biblically, just getting back into, um, God's word, um, mm-hmm. because a lot of, um, I've had a lot of changes in the last, um, few months you know that deal with doing with both jobs and I don't feel like I'm doing you know either one of them particularly well and I think you know in the other side of the thing my um my time with the Lord has has waned a little bit just because you know of that you know um and so you know we even talked last week about trying to find a new rhythm mm. um or been a couple weeks now but um and so I've been kind of intentionally trying to figure out, okay, what does that look like? What is the new rhythm of this? So that to me is just, you know, getting back in, of, you know, and continuing to stay in God's word and just continually, you know, look to him um, and, and you know, make the, you know, make some plans of my own, but yeah. be willing to, to go a different direction if the Lord so leads. So, yeah. Good. I don't know if that really answers the question. <laughs> well, I think it does, and it gives me a couple of couple of ways to to pull this together. Because, uh, guys, if you're listening to this, ladies, um, you know I love this establishing a new rhythm, thinking about what I'm going to do to focus on the Word, um, being engaged with God so that He's speaking deeply to us. Um, you know, I'll go back and uh, so Nick's verse: "The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps." When you said that, it made me think of Stephen. I don't know why, but our church is is, uh, working through the book of Acts right now. And one of the things I love about Stephen, it says that um, Stephen's a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. And I think if we're not in the Word and, and allowing God to wash over us with the Word then there's no way that we're going to know him well enough so that we can respond mm-hmm. to his spirit at work in our lives. And, and so some of the questions that we're wrestling with, we're talking about um, our spirits, little s, need to be washed with the word. Our, we need to be living in the word so that we can hear the, the guidance of the Holy Spirit speaking into our lives so that we respond to that. Otherwise, we're just going to run like a barreling in the direction that we choose for ourselves. 
And so then there's no, if, if our ears aren't tuned to hear that, then we're going to miss the word of the Lord in his voice. And, and so um, for you guys listening, I would just say part of what Jeff's talking about, what we're talking about here now, I know a lot of times we will say, well, I'm going to start a New Year's resolution on January 1st. I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to start reading the word. Start it today. Yeah. Go, ahead, go ahead and establish, establish your new pattern, your new rhythm today. Be willing to hear the voice of the Lord calling you to make an adjustment or a shift. But don't say, I'm going to start tomorrow. That's ridiculous. If you go back and read the book of Exodus, when when Moses went to Pharaoh and um, said, let my people go, and Pharaoh was done with the frogs, he said, well, I'll let the people go tomorrow. And essentially what he was saying is, I want one more night with the frogs. And what sense does that mm-hmm. make? If you know that there's a change that needs to take place in your life, yeah. then start it now. Um, if, if you know that you need what these guys have in terms of a group of guys who connect with each other, encourage each other, sharpen each other, call each other out and up, then start that now and, and or begin that process. Don't say, I'm going to do this in January um, because Satan is going to give you more excuses between now and then. So, right. guys, I, I, I'm just so thankful for your time, and um, I want to, want to go ahead and bring this to a close. We could talk forever because yeah. there's so much to kick around here. But um, for you guys out there listening, this is going to bring us to a close of episode 37. And listen, for the rest of this month, really what I'm going to do is have very similar conversations with different groups of guys, because I think it helps us to hear how have men responded to 2020 and its chaos? What have they learned from it? Uh, What are they going to do about it? How are they adjusting? What are they doing to move forward? And so this is all about this Isaiah 32 verse that is a foundational verse for noble warriors. The noble man makes noble plans, and by noble deeds he stands. So what's your plan, and how are you going to stand by that plan and actually execute what God's told you to do? We're going to continue to talk about that, guys. So thank you so much for joining us for The Noble Man, episode 37. Folks, thanks for hanging in with us to the end. The coupon code for a $5 discount on Let's Build a Manger Kits is one word, podcast. Just type the word podcast, lowercase letters, for a $5 discount in at checkout on letsbuildamanger.org.